and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So how are you all doing? <laughs> Hang it in there. Yeah. Tay's flexing. I don't well, know what's happening eh. there. <laughs> I was stretching, flexing. It just seemed a, a moment of power. You asked me a very difficult question to answer. I... I and so you flex. flex. I flex through it. I flex through my emotions. That's what I do. You're like my villager Sparrow. Every time I see him, he flexes at me. <gasps> I just got Sparrow. Oh, did you? I did. I just got Bo. Oh, I love Bo. Bo is sweet. Mm-hmm. I like I like that Bo is... The, I, I'm learning that there's the, the character types and that Bo mm-hmm. and Zucker are the same character types. So they all just craft weird things and tell me about bugs. I'm like, you guys are great. <laughs> it's true. I keep getting all the athletic ones. All mine are like out lifting together. The the only sporty one I have is uh, is um, Hamlet, and oh, Hamlet's the best. I I built a whole gym on the beach for him, and I came out the other night, and he was just sitting on the towel in like the in the the gym area that I built, eating a donut, and I'm like, yeah, Hamlet, <laughs> you do your thing. I get it. I get it. Uh. So as we were getting set up for this, um, we were debating what sort of, uh, what do you call this, like teleconferencing platform to use? Mm, yeah. Is that what this would be considered? Like a Zoom or a Skype. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Taylor informed us that they were getting their their Tinder set up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> So, Tay, um... <laughs> do you want to share... <laughs> It was an autocorrect. I also, I, I have to say that, you know, you all were texting and saying, like, I'm about to get set up. And when I was trying to text you, I'm, what I was trying to text you, I think, is I was getting set up. It autocorrected the tender. Uh, but I was also in bed actively. Like, <laughs> had was not fully awake and fully lying to you when I was saying I was getting things set up. What I meant was <laughs> I'm about to get out of bed and be awake. Uh but I don't. I can't imagine because I don't use. I I won't lie. I have a dating app on my phone, but I it's not Tinder. Uh, well, so. that I was wondering what what is it about your? I will grant that it was an autocorrect more than likely. But what uh, what why does your phone autocorrect to Tinder? I guess is the I don't know. I the great question. I would I, I I guess I'd own up to it if I was if I was a Tinder fiend. But that's mm-hmm. been a it's been many a years since I, I've stopped using that app. Um, that's the swiping one, right? That is, yes, yes that is the swiping one. That okay. Is, I mean, they all kind of operate on that. Yeah. Yes or a no. You just look at a picture of somebody and, I don't know, the one I have, it's like, here's some pictures of people and some, like, they answer some weird questions or put up some quirky quotes. I don't think it's any better at knowing if people are compatible, but it makes me feel like less of a horrible monster to just <laughs> look at a picture yeah. of somebody. Fair. Uh, I, uh... I I have often wondered, I don't quite understand all the apps because I have been married since before the existence of these apps. What? (laughs) I know. That's how old I am. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure. I don't think there were dating apps before I was Yeah, I think you're probably right. There weren't iPhones when you were married. Or at least, yeah, that's true. Or at least in uh, in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. So... Either way, this has not been part of my uh, universe. 
But like, is there uh, an abundance of jokes on the theme of Swiper the Fox from Dora the Explorer and Swiper No Swiping and Tinder? Is that already a body of comedy that exists? Does it need to be written? I'm trying to figure out those crossover audiences because I guess (laughs) people that grew up with Swiper the Fox are now of the age to use Tinder. But, you know, I don't really know how much crossover uh, power you have there with that. that, Yeah. Jokes. I I grew up with Swiper the Fox, but I don't think he is readily in my like mind bank of jokes to pull out. I just feel like it's there somewhere. Somewhere there is the joke about. I mean, it's swiper the fox, swiper no swiping. It's but why it's all there. To not swipe because you swipe either way, yes or no. Oh, yeah. You don't. You just don't understand the basics of how. Get the to my works. profile and never swipe again. Don't even swipe. <laughs> just stare yes on at me. this one person. Yeah, just like well, you. I don't. I can't swipe. I don't want to. That's that's the rule I learned from Dora. Sydney. I don't, I don't know. I, you workshop that, Sid. You yeah. come back with some more material than that. Just saying. So, <laughs> so Swiper the Fox, is that anything? Is that something? Yeah. Is usually not how the structure for a joke works. I'm not a professional. <laughs> That's usually not, I think. I've been to some comedy shows. Uh, I, I will say I'm kind of amazed and... I don't, I don't really know how... I don't have any feelings about this, but like the one dating app I have, I've gotten so many more like requests and like notes and things during quarantine and i i don't really look at them because even in my best of days it's hard for me to like conceptualize trying to to date because that's just not a thing that i'm very good at or very practiced at uh and then right now when it's just like nonstop anxiety and stress i cannot imagine that so i'm really like I'm really yeah. mystified by these people that are like, now is the time. Now is the time that I will try to establish a meaningful connection yeah. with another human. It's like, we cannot see each other. We we cannot physically interact. Uh, we only have this interface. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I admire it because I, like, I have to be like at an amazing mental place to seek out companionship. That's And now is not that. <laughs> That's the um, you're you're asserting that you're still alive. That you see that in disaster movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that that's what that is? Mm-hmm. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Usually, usually it leads to people boinking. But oh, okay, was, yeah. <laughs> Why? I, I guess <laughs> I'm just hey, saying, Sid. That's the worst word. That's the worst can... word. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I. Think that's the worst. We just one? decided it is. Something oh. about it was really. Uh, offensive to me i don't know why <laughs> like the, w- the uh, words we could use on this podcast that is the worst one i think you could you, use you kids today say smashing right yeah but that's slightly better because then i can think of it in like the um like sometimes in movies like the british slang like in the wild thornberries when he says something smashing that means it's like great well that's how i always think of smashing yeah. this is smashing that's uh, not that's how i prefer not you know about it yeah, I don't want to think. I don't want to think about like Dad Thornberry in the in a, any sort well, of relation to a okay. sexual term, though. You drew you you built that bridge, not me. And I, I did don't the word. I throw the word out too. I don't want uh, Nigel Thornberry. No smashing. Uh, not, Nigel Nigel Thornberry and smashing have been connected, and we've pulled Dora the Explorer, Swiper the Fox into Tinder. Well, well, Why are you I'm slowly saying, ruining my childhood? If this is what you want, there's a Reddit thread or an Ao3. 
story fanfic out there for you but i don't personally want to participate in it it is not my particular line of interest so i would like to opt out of this weird conversation i apologize for what we've done here today i would like to take it all back please yes i'm sorry i just thought there was something there okay sydney really quick just rapid fire if someone were asking you i just made a tender and i want to make a swipe of the fox joke in my bio what what would you any of our listeners who maybe have a dating app, what would you? Oh, no. um, do you tell them to put in their bio? Uh, I. Mm. Mm-hmm. Come on, their their future romantic happiness rests on this joke. I yep. don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what direction is the one that that's the the right, yes one. Right is the right. yes one. Yeah. Swipe right for yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I feel so old. You're so I just old. <laughs> I've just been married a long time. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, okay, how about um, you? Uh, mm-hmm. It's already um, gonna be great. I you can, can <laughs> even even if you are a fox. No, if you. Uh, <laughs> If you are, hold on. There's there's something here with it being a fox. Um, it's there. Foxes it's there. feel free to swipe. Dot dot dot. Right. <laughs> How many people do you think would make that connection between the fox being swiper the fox from Dora the Explorer? I mean, me. I guess the right people. I the guess right people. You know, mm. That's what you put in there that- to get the right people to respond to you. That's a connection that's real. Then you put below only swipe right if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I actually think that's a pretty. That's and a then, pretty smart and then your Tinder profile has a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, all, like all joking aside, I do think that's the better way to construct a dating app because I think it's so normal that you just try to you put your best pictures up and you try to like quote your most intelligent like novels that you like and your. The interests that, like, at your best you're at. Like, I need to, like, have somebody be like, well, here's the weird thing that I do late at night. Like, here's, like, the hang-up that I have. Like, here's the food texture that I can't stand. Like, I need to know all the weird stuff that's kind of uncomfortable about you. And then if your weird stuff fits with my weird stuff, then Mm -hmm. maybe that. Because that's the stuff that ruins a relationship or causes problems. Let's let's lead with that. Let's lead with the weird. And then we'll... The good stuff will come. <laughs> I want I want that in the form of a puzzle. So basically I want a dating app where you create like your own personalized little escape room that is made mm. of like all of your, your weird traits and, and secrets and hobbies. And the person, if they're interested in you, has to solve your little virtual escape room to match with that's, you. That's just dating. That's what that is. That's uh-huh. I was going to say, I've <laughs> been on dates that have been... <laughs> escape rooms yes. but the point of the escape room is to not escape then i guess it's just to yeah, live in the yeah. escape room forever yeah just look around at all the weird stuff and go yeah i can live with it <laughs> no, it's important to get there. that yeah it's important to get that right out i remember like on one it may have been our first date or second date or really early on justin was like i just want you to know i hate the sound of a fork hitting teeth when someone's eating <laughs> He got it out there. <laughs> and then and Sydney like, never used a fork again. Yeah. <laughs> Only plastic. to this day. <laughs> no, the evolution of a relationship is at first I was like, oh, well, I guess that's good to know that. Okay. I mean, 
uh, sure, I will attempt to not accidentally hit my teeth with a fork. But eventually it evolved to me just like intentionally tapping the fork against my teeth going, you're just going to have to deal with it if you want me. This is part of the package. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's you just have to break each other. Okay, I see. All right. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, so dating. I'm not really looking for it right now. (laughs) So what what are you doing with your free time then? I watch it a a lot of a lot of uh, cartoons, uh, old Mm -hmm. and new. Uh, I I, hey, I recently rewatched most of Daria. Hey, there's our topic. There it is. Yeah, we found it. Talk about Daria. We found it. Uh, uh, It was in the escape room. Yes, it's a, it's definitely part of my escape room. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Daria, uh, it was it was what is Riley? In, oh, do you know what it was a spinoff of? Before you tell her, do um, you? I didn't know if Riley would know this. I knew, I figured you were about to to say that, and so I wanted to see if if Riley, do you know what it was a spinoff of another cartoon? I know it was, and I know that these characters were characters on another cartoon. But I could not tell you which one. I don't know. Man, that's a real continental divide of of generations here. <laughs> and I'm not like this is not a goof. I genuinely don't know. Uh, Go for it, Tay. Oh, I, I just I had to know. I had to know if she knew. Oh, that's all right. It, she she first appeared. Daria was a character on Beavis and Butthead. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And it was actually she wasn't originally written in Beavis and Butthead. It was like the the one of the creative directors uh, thought that they should have a female, like a, a, a smart female in Beef's mm-hmm. Butthead. And mm-hmm. so she suggested to add a female in. And so they came up with Daria. She was like based on like one of the creator's smart girlfriend from high school. Like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. And she was just like a side character to sort of serve as a contrast to how stupid Beavis and Butthead were. <laughs> that but, makes sense. Yeah. But then, like, you know, people really liked her, and MTV was having a problem, and, like, this is, like, you know, in the mid-90s, where they didn't, they had, their audience was massively male, they didn't have a lot of, like, women watching MTV, so they wanted to make a TV, a, a cartoon specifically to draw women to MTV, and so that's where they first envisioned the creation of Daria um, as, like, a spinoff, as, as her own show. Yeah, I can't say that Beavis and Butthead appealed to me a great deal i mean i i definitely did watch it some because every i felt like everybody was watching it um but i it just wasn't i feel like dad liked it more than we did (laughs) i could believe that yeah i feel like he would have it on a lot um yeah i like he still quotes it yeah yeah i mean then he liked the old music videos too because a lot of times they would watch music videos that were from you know his taste so yeah yeah, I, I think I actually, I think I went back and watched or started watching Beavis and Butthead more um, in its reruns because it ended shortly after Daria began, uh, but because of Daria, because I wanted to know where Daria came from. And she's she's a very, like a much less developed character on Beavis and Butthead given, you know, much less screen time, but mm-hmm. um but yeah, uh, and, I, and Mike, of course, Mike Judge, who's known for creating Beavis and Butthead, didn't really have anything to do with Daria. He just kind of said, yeah, you can use the character. Like, there was a whole other different creative team. I think he's even, like, quoted as saying that he's only ever watched, like, two or three minutes of Daria. So I don't, he doesn't have, like, a lot of love for the show. (laughs) It has a, I mean, it has a distinctly different feel than 
any Mike Judge stuff. Yeah. I feel like you yeah. know, like you 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 definitely see that it's it's a, and, and I don't mean that in terms of like quality, like better or worse. It's just it's distinctly different. You right. can tell it's a different voice. Yeah. Um, I I'll tell you the hardest part for me about loving Daria as much as I always did, um, especially. When I was younger, I connected with Daria a lot. I will say now as an adult, full disclosure, I connect with Daria much less than I used to. <laughs> I feel like I've evolved past that yeah. in some ways. But um, but I used to connect with Daria very strongly. And the, the hazard of that is that you dress as Daria for Halloween a lot. Mm -hmm. And the real problem there is that everybody calls you Velma. Um, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. for some reason, Velma is like... You, you dress as somebody who looks like serious and smart and wears orange and everyone assumes you're Velma instantly in a way that I thought you would assume I was Daria. I feel like you, were, you put on the green jacket and it's pretty yeah. iconic. Like You, you still get a lot of Velma. Huh. I, this is my experience. It mm -hmm. may just be me, but anecdotally, no matter how hard you try to dress as Daria, somebody's going to call you Velma at the party. Good, I guess good to know. I, I would not make that mistake. <laughs> Just uh, a PSA for everyone out there. Keep it in mind before you dress as Daria for your, your upcoming costume or Halloween party. I think and, and if you are at a party where you see somebody you think is Velma, stop and think, is it Daria? Look at the shoes. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, every aspect. I think this is very, this is putting like Daria and, and Velma in a category that I don't like. They are very different character designs. Short very brown iconic. hair and glasses. <laughs> yeah, they're different glasses. They are different wigs. They are true. Different color. I, I don't. I wouldn't make the confusion. But I mean, I don't. Well, know. me neither. Well, <laughs> maybe this is more Sydney. Have you thought about maybe it's more of a statement on like the quality of the costume yeah. that you were wearing and how accurate how it was to the character? <laughs> now it's this is this could be that. Yeah. It's fair to say that I have always put very little effort into my costuming, so that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, tell us what you love about Daria. Tell yes. us, so you, you start us off, because we've all seen Daria. So. Uh, you know, I mean, Daria's great. I, I loved it in high school just because, I mean, it, it makes a point of being about young women's lives and i mean it's not just there's obviously there's focus on daria i personally was always much more of a fan of jane um daria's mm -hmm. best friend who's like is a bit like the thing about daria that's like everybody loves like daria's great she's a great character because she's so convinced of her worldview but i mean she allows it to change but she like has a she has a lot of confidence to be like that kind of outcast loner She's very strong in her beliefs about herself. And I mean, it's like mm -hmm. she says in like one of the, I think it's the first episode. She says, I don't have low self-esteem. I just have low esteem for everybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You know, but like Jane was a little bit more like Jane had insecurities. Jane was a little bit le like less defined in her beliefs and her confidence and her identity. And so I related a bit more to that. But like, it was just like it, you know, as far as like the Beckdale test is concerned, this would pass with fly flying colors because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so much of it revolved around the issues that young people deal with, specifically young women deal with, like, and just, you know, it, it was funny, but it also had a lot of heart to it. I, you know, exactly what you talk about is, is why over time I grew to identify less with the character of Daria is because the openness that, Jane has 
uh, and I mean, eventually Daria has more of certainly, but like the openness that you see in Jane, even from like the, from the beginning was something that I wanted to have more of. And the like, um, allowance to let other people be (laughs) whatever they are Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, which Daria does not. Daria has very little tolerance for the idea initially that like, you know, somebody like Kevin or Brittany could just be fine being them, you know, like it, you, you, and I, I, as a teenager probably would have echoed those sentiments. Like these, these people are not going to have the same quality of life I'm going to have because, you know, they value the wrong things. They value popularity and like being trendy and, you know, just going with the crowd and, because of that they won't be as successful as a human as I know I'm going to be so I like I really connected to that kind of arrogance about my worldview Mm -hmm. that I certainly do not feel now and I'm not defending but um but I think that it it always made Jane as I got older a more relatable character yeah that reminds me of the episode of 30 Rock like where Liz goes back to her high school reunion and realizes like oh no she wasn't just the nerd that like was smart and better than everyone like everyone thought she was like outwardly arrogant yep. and annoying about how smart she was kind of get that same vibe like what you're talking about but well that because that is one yeah as, as far as like you know when you get like the cliche high school setup and there's always like you know yeah the, the, the jocks the cheerleaders are like mean bullies and then like the alternative kids are like you know like the, the sort of heroes of the 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 structure Daria didn't have that like it humanized every type of mm-hmm. character and I mean I think maybe even I think they did a bit more work for the the female characters like Brittany actually mm-hmm. you know like Brittany was the dumb cheerleader but you actually see the you know like how she gets invested in like in like learning her lines for like you know a theater performance or like takes things seriously mm-hmm. or has the ability to kind of like be a focused person even though she's mm-hmm. usually just thrown off as a joke i mean characters like jody which was just like had so many levels of like cultural awareness and like what it's like to be you know the only black person in like a predominantly white school like there were narratives there that in the side characters that nobody was just this is that this is the perfection or this is the you know prom queen this is the mm-hmm. cheerleader this is the football player and they also didn't they weren't cruel to each other like there were there were moments where they wouldn't get along but it it wasn't that cliche high school like oh these are the bullies and the cool kids and like these are the losers like everybody interacted and had a certain amount of respect and awareness for each other which i think is closer to real high school yeah for sure i think i think that's very true um before we get into, because I think what you just hit on is is a really interesting point about like the way the show talked about all the characters in relation to the way Daria initially viewed the characters through her eyes. Right. But before we go down that road, let's check the group message. Uh, it is time. It is the time on Still Buffering when I tell you both about my pants. Oh, good. Oh, I love that. My favorite segment. I love this time. And, and all you listeners at home can hear about my pants. Uh, are they the why? pants you currently are wearing? Uh, yes, Beta Brands dress pants, yoga pants, because they are perfect for working and feeling comfortable. It is it is the time many of us are doing uh, work from home if we are able to, and you still on those um, teleconferencing apps want to look professional. You want to look like you're taking the time to to 
care about your appearance and, and show up for the work that you're doing. But at the same time, you want to be comfortable. And you can't, you just can't wear sweatpants on a, on a professional Zoom call unless you just keep it the neck up. But then you're not going to feel like you're doing your work day, you know? You mm-hmm. want to feel like you're in job mode. From you want to feel toe. like a professional from head to toe, yes. H to T. And Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants will give you that experience. I've been wearing them and using them uh, since long before we started doing ads for Beta Brand on the show because uh, a bunch of other doctor moms suggested them to me and said these are really comfortable, great work pants. They are dress pants, but they feel uh, like yoga pants. So they're great for like in the job I do, I'm on my feet a lot. I'm walking around a lot. Plus I'm like examining patients. And so I, I might have to like get down on my knees to check something out or whatever. And I can I can feel like they're really uh, comfortable, functional. Um, they're just like workout gear in that way, but they're dress pants. So I still look professional and, and they're wrinkle resistant and they've got stretch knit fabric. And um, even if you're working a really long day, you're going to feel great in your dress pants all day because of Beta Brands dress pant yoga pants. Mm-hmm. So... If our listeners want to take this opportunity to get some, what should they do, Riley? Well, right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when they go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. You can go find out why all of Beta Brand's fans are ditching typical work pants for their dress pant yoga pants at betabrand.com slash buffering for 25% off. Well, hey, we have a Jumbotron. Yes, we do. Uh, we have a Jumbotron, and this Jumbotron is for uh, Joe, a.k.a. Crow, a.k.a. Crosif. Got some good names. Uh, <laughs> I like that yeah. one. I like Crosif. <laughs> That's a good name. Uh, this is from Sarah, and Sarah says, hey there, Joe. Yes, you, the tall, handsome one. It's me, Sarah, your quarantine <laughs> pal and wife of eight years. I know Aww. we had plans for a romantic getaway and time away from our wild child. But instead, we can get away to our home, safe from the outside world. I love you, and there's nobody I'd rather be isolating with. Hopefully hearing happy anniversary from your favorite sisters will brighten your day. Thank you, Smurl sisters. Th- thank us. Think, think me. Oh, you thank and, us. Uh, oh. yeah. Sorry, that's kind weird. Here we go. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> You're you welcome. for thanking us. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy anniversary, Crosif and Sarah. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. That actually, this may just be, this was a lovely message, and I'm sure that was part of it, but it may also be the pandemic. But either way, I got a little choked up as you were reading that. <laughs> I was very that lovely <laughs> I know. It is very sweet. Well, Joe, Sarah, I hope you have a wonderful anniversary. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, thank, thank you for letting us uh, share in your, in your joy. Um, that's wonderful. You guys stay safe. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk more about Daria. All right. <laughs> what? I think I think that's funny. Uh, Tay, I, I started to rewatch it with Charlie. And so I started from the beginning. Um, and even from the first episode, it's funny because uh, at the moment in the first episode, Daria and Quinn start Quinn's little sister. Uh, Quinn is Daria's little sister. Yeah. If you're not familiar with the show and Quinn, by the way, um, I talk about Charlie a lot. And so this may give you some insight into Quinn. Charlie instantly went, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) She said, that's the one that's like cheerful (laughs) and (laughs) like school. (laughs) 
And I said, yes, sure. That's a nice way to, to describe her. Cheerful and like school. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> um, but she said, but Daria has to take a self-esteem class because of how poorly she does on, a, on some sort of psychological profile of her. Uh, and she meets Jane and then the two of them graduate their self-esteem class. And it, and it's funny because they're having to give a speech before the school. And you see this moment where like Daria wants them to do this thing that's going to be kind of like cynical and like, you know, I mean, like she's 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 kind of driving this like we're going to stand up and kind of sort of make fun of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And Jane is doing it. And then she you see her look at Daria who's like you know like getting her come on do the you know i mean there's just this exchange between the two of them and it really shows from the jump like jane is a little more sensitive and invested in like positive changes you know Mm -hmm. like the the uh, the uh, the idea that they're out there Mm -hmm. and daria is very much driving this more sort of sarcastic worldview yeah. And it's funny because I feel like the show continues throughout to push against the way that if you just saw the world from Daria's perspective, especially in the early seasons, to push against that idea. Yeah. I feel like the show challenges the character Daria um, and you get both the world through her eyes and the messages from her and then the the other views where they're calling her like certainty into question. And I think it's so complex and interesting and cool for a cartoon that was aimed at younger people to be doing about high school, which with which could just have all these like really cliche trope kind of things. It's just so interesting and cool that they're doing it all. And Mm -hmm. it's I don't know, it's very nuanced. I was watching it thinking like, I know Charlie's not getting all this, but it's so nuanced and interesting and cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, there, one of the episodes that I really liked was uh, uh, See Jane Run, and that's what it's kind of along the same lines. It's, it's exactly that because it, Jane joins the track team, kind of to prove to one of her teachers who says that all of her, you know, brothers and sisters are kind of deadbeats. Like Jane wants to prove that mm-hmm. she can do something, and she's really good at track. And Daria has to kind of, you know, Daria at first is very cynical about like, oh, like now you, you know, because this is like this is my best friend, and this is the kind of people we are. But now you're athletic, and that doesn't fit. And mm-hmm. Daria has to readjust to the fact that this is something that Jane's good at, and is like you know part becoming part of her identity. Ultimately, she you know the part of the story is also that you know like student athletes get out of like grades easier, and there's that kind of yeah. underlining. There's corruption in the episode too. Mm-hmm. But at the core, it was that idea about how we identify ourselves and we identify with our friends, and sometimes that can lead to really restrictive relationships you know like you can't change because mm-hmm. if you change that changes me mm-hmm. and i thought that's yeah like that's really smart and kind of next level for for a show that did it didn't have to try that hard it just did <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's very the, and they go ahead oh go ahead oh no oh no this is like when two people run to each other in the hallway and they both go the same direction go riley you're already talking <laughs> okay um I, I think it's very self-aware because obviously the main character is supposed to be Daria, but she's not the main character in the sense that's like everything she does is like the ideal way to do things and everyone else around her is just like messing up, but she's the one good mm-hmm. person that we're supposed to focus on and this is how you should be in high school. Um, uh, it's a lot more like, yeah, she's who we're focusing on, but also here are her flaws and here's where she is kind of closed-minded and kind of like 
narrow-minded in a sense where she thinks her way is the best way and isn't open to other things, but really is just as much that way as the athletes or popular people that she thinks are bad, just in Mm -hmm. opposite ways, which I do think, it's like Taylor said earlier, it's a lot more realistic of high school. It's not like, well, commercialized high school. No, you're you're right. And, you know, I think Jody specifically provides a nice foil to her in the sense that here is somebody who is uh, just as smart as far as we can, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the narrative of the show, just as smart and capable and confident and um, also gets like she gets it. Mm -hmm. She, She understands why Daria reacts to other people the way she does. Like, yes, that is ridiculous or yes, that is offensive or that is insulting or this whole thing is ridiculous. The the whole high school thing that, you know, I don't buy into it either. But I also have goals and plans and places I want to go in life. And I don't want to spend my whole life just complaining about things. So I'll be in the clubs and I'll, I'll, you know, be in student government and I'll take these different responsibilities and I'll get the grades and I will play the part to some extent. Like I'm not going to sell out. I'm not going to be somebody I'm not, but I also am not going to spend all my time judging other people and making a ton of like making that my whole identity. Mm -hmm. My identity is I have places to go and things to do and I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I play those games, I'll, get all the good recommendations i'll get into a good college i'll get the scholarships and i have a future and daria's outlook is not conducive to that necessarily i mean we know that that's true that you do have to kind of do that to to get where you're going and she is so invested in being like the counterculture that she there's very little else there's very little room for anything else It's like that difference between basing your personality off of, like, who you are and who you are not compared to everyone else. It's like mm-hmm. Daria yeah, that's much true. just wants to be, like, what everyone else is not instead of, like, who she is. But not mm-hmm. entirely. I mean, I'm not trying to say that she's, like, a bad character, obviously. No. She's not, but just in that way that I think a lot of people are in high school. Well, and I, I think, it, but with Jody too, there's that extra layer, and I think it's, for for a show that was made in the 90s, the fact that it didn't shy away from this is that one of the things that Jody struggles with is that because she's a minority in a predominantly white school, she feels she has to be that representation. She has to be incredibly high achieving and like, uh, you know, an ideal student, and that's something that she grapples with in the show is sort of the, it, it kind of works on two levels because being sort of treated like a token in an animated TV show where she is one of the few mm-hmm. characters of color. So, you know, that love, that self-awareness that the show had to both recognize what it had in its own structure, but also like, you know, the giving that depth to Jody, like I thought was just, you know, made her one of the, the most fascinating characters in the cast. And even, I mean, even the fact that her and Daria were so similar, but they weren't better friends and mm-hmm. like, well, <laughs> you know, why was that? Yeah. Well, I don't and I don't remember. It's been too long since I've watched the entire series and I haven't rewatched the whole thing again recently. But do they ever address that as like it is an issue of privilege there? Do they ever? I mean, is that ever said? Because like you could you could definitely infer that from from the idea that like Daria still I mean, I think if you ask the character Daria, do you believe you will still be able to be successful and get into a college, even kind of acting this like even doing this disaffected youth thing? Yes, I am not. You know, I don't think that's called into question. 
mm-hmm. and and that 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 does speak of privilege, right. even if it's not said. Well, and I mean, even like they both apply to because I, I rewatched the 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 show ended with a movie uh, as sort of mm-hmm. operates its sixth season called Is It College Yet? And uh, Daria and Jody both apply to like a super high end. I guess it's like a stand in for like a, a Yale or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jody gets in, Daria gets waitlisted, uh, but, you know, Daria also has, like, the, the rich, connected boyfriend who's willing to pull strings to get her in, like, he only gets mm-hmm. in because he has connections and all of that, and, like, I think it's a, it's a very powerful storyline where Jody gets into that school, but she also gets into what the, the show calls Turner, which is supposed to sort of be, like, a historical, like, like African American college, like mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and and that she ultimately decides that that's where she wants to go. That she doesn't want to go to the super elite school because she wants to be, she wants to be around people like her. That she wants that experience. And mm-hmm. I think that you know of that, going to a historically black college that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I think that you know that that she says like she'll make her own way. That ultimately like she's mm-hmm. going to be successful. That she'll she'll do it, something great with her life, and that it she doesn't have to have that you know that high-end or super-duper elite, like, college stamp of approval on her resume. Or, or, the, or the idea that, like, I am getting every bit as quality of an education, and it is just as high-end, you know, it just isn't, like, it's on, it's on real terms and not, like, the fake way we tend to rate these kinds of things, exactly. you know? Like, other people don't get to dictate what the best education is. We know, you know that there are other schools. Cause I think that's part of what they're challenging too, which is very true. Like you don't nothing against any certain school, but you don't have to attend a certain college to get a good education. There are lots of places at college and outside of college where you can get an excellent education to do the things you want to do right. in life, you know? Well, and they even like have that. I think it's a really smart scene where it's her, her father is the one that's really encouraging her to go to Cromwell is the, the fancy place. And, uh, and he graduated from Turner and she's like, look at you, mm-hmm. like you're a massive success and that's where you came from. Like, it's almost like it's also him trying to give his daughter better saying you can have better. And she's like, but this is what I want. Like, and it's not mm-hmm. better to me. Mm-hmm. Better to me is, is Turner is the school that I want to go to, mm-hmm. which I, I just, yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, for, for a show that on the surface is just about, you know, a m- misanthropic, like all, white girl they they did some justice to the the tertiary characters that i Mm -hmm. think was you know Mm -hmm. was maybe more powerful than definitely more powerful than if it had just been about daria being daria yeah cynical um and i like i do you remember the episode uh it's the the misery chick i think it's the season finale of the first or second season which is that? Because uh, that's one of the episodes that really stuck with me as far as just, you know, kind of defined it as something that was more than just just a funny show about teenagers. Uh, it's the one where there's this, like, high school or the, the, a former quarterback that comes back and he's going to speak at, at uh, Lawndale. And he's a big jerk to everybody. He, like, you know, mm-hmm. is gross, like, sexually to several of the women. He makes fun of, like, Daria and Jane. He just is horribly dismissive and rude. And then he's, like, killed in a freak accident. Like, the, the goalpost that's being dedicated to him falls on him and he dies. Yeah. And everybody starts seeking out Daria to talk about death because she's the one that gets it. And Daria gets angry that people are coming to her for, like, reflections on death because they mm-hmm. think that she's the one to talk to. 
And like opposite that, Jane starts avoiding Daria because she doesn't want to talk. Like she, it, you know, the, the, the surmise is, is that Daria thinks. And so people are seeking out somebody that's, that thinks because they don't want to think. <laughs> they want someone to tell them what to think. And Jane mm-hmm. recognizes mm-hmm. all this and says, great, but I don't want to think about this because it's a bad thing. I just don't want to think. And, you know, you're the one yeah. that thinks. And it's just like, it was such a, a deep thought about like if somebody terrible somebody bad dies but death is sad and grappling with that issue which is a very complex like mm-hmm. thought for you know for for what the show was i remember that i remember that episode affecting me like as a teenager watching that and being like yeah. wow like that's some heavy stuff i i remember that too now that you now that you describe it i remember that episode cuz it and it and it does again it like challenges the certainty of Daria's view of the world that like, you know, there are good people and bad people. It is a very black and white way of, of saying like you're good or you're bad. And if you're bad and bad things happen to you, then, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it definitely challenges that. And, and like, yeah, but if you're a good person, if you're a caring person, how are you okay with, with that mm-hmm. you know how do you how do you reconcile that notion which is hard i feel like that's something i struggle with still yeah, yeah. well and i think that same like you know in the one of the big events later on in the show is when daria more or less steals jane's boyfriend and yes that it was i do a, remember that yeah i think that that really like also that swerve to just show that the not only is the show saying like oh daria's cool like listen to daria they make daria the main character also a bit of the villain in a mm-hmm. massive arc and it's like really i mean you know it's it's very uh, it was very i remember it being upsetting to me like, like i don't like this i don't like that daria did this to jane i'm mad at a cartoon character yeah well isn't it like <laughs> She doesn't like that Jane has a boyfriend and she doesn't really get along with him, but then they start getting along and they start getting closer and then they kiss and then they end up dating. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it's not even like they both were interested in this guy. It's like, Daria, here's my boyfriend. Oh, I don't like that you have a boyfriend, but also I'm going to kiss your boyfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and they and this is all like that it they're chill after that, right? Like she continues to date Tom and oh, yeah. and that his name, yeah. Tom. And and then um, they're still friends, if I remember. Yeah, I mean, they kind of, they make up in the, there's another movie that happens between the fourth and fifth. Is it Fall yet? Which kind of, mm-hmm. you know, shows them. But but I mean, I think really more than anything, it shows, once again, the kind of, that, that flexibility that Jane has to kind of parse out like, well, I wasn't, the relationship was already kind of, ending between me and Tom we weren't at a good place and I want Daria to be happy and like it's kind of like to see that character go through I think in another teen drama it would have been a whole big like thing you know mm-hmm. but yeah. instead like the maturity that it it called on from like all characters involved especially Jane I thought was really cool to just show that she can reason out like I this is a kind of the same thought like this is a bad thing that happened but this doesn't make daria a bad person yeah which is so interesting because if you flip it daria never talks to her again i i would agree with that i i would that would be my guess i mean Mm -hmm. i obviously did not create any of these characters so (laughs) i don't i can't speak for them but my impression is that if you flip it around 
yeah. <laughs> in my fanfic. No, I mean, I, and I, and again, like it's another way that it challenges Daria's worldview, and for me, that's meaningful because it is a it is a flaw that I fight in myself every day. It was something I recognized pretty quickly, like that kind of unforgiving, like hurt me once you're gone forever mm-hmm. I, I can't you know i i don't want you in my life you're a bad person now that i i connected to that very strongly when i was younger and it's something that as i get older i don't embrace i try to like work right. out <laughs> i work through i try to change about myself um but when i was younger i definitely remember thinking like yeah <laughs> i get mm-hmm. it well, I'm good at holding grudges and I celebrate it. <laughs> you know, that, that same kind of, I think that like another episode that it makes me think the one where Quinn writes poetry, which I actually yeah. realized when I rewatched it, Quinn, it's not the only time Quinn writes poetry. It's kind of a one-off joke early on in the, in like season one where she writes a poem, but there's this idea that, well, Daria's the smart one. Quinn's the pretty popular one. Quinn can't be smart. Quinn can't have depth. Quinn can't be like... Uh, you know, of of any intellectual value. And that that is something that really offends Daria is that if Quinn is getting recognition as a smart person or as a thoughtful person, then what am I? Like, yeah, I kind of have to, you know, like, parse that out as well. Like, I, this is my sister, I should want her to have depth, I should want her to have success in a department that's not just, you know, about her Mm -hmm. looks. But I also Mm -hmm. that that messes with my identity. It's just it's those sort of moments are just so smart because I think that's exactly what it does is it takes it drew in a lot of people that went like, yeah, that's me. And instead of just repeatedly confirming your worldview, it goes, oh, but you know what? Actually, athletes are people, too. And the pretty girl can be smart. And, you know, sometimes you'll make mistakes and you have to just hope people forgive you. And, you know, you don't get to justify them like it really put Daria through the ringer and I think by proxy made the audience kind of hopefully be more open-minded I think certainly for for me as Mm -hmm. somebody that consumed Mm -hmm. it I I think that's definitely true I I feel like it by embracing Daria so completely um, initially like I had to face the same thing she faced like if I was going to accept that I was like her I had to when it when her flaws were so clearly shown by contrast to other characters and things on the show i had to embrace those flaws and decide like i don't want like do if i if i'm being viewed that way would i feel good about it right i don't want to i don't want to be seen like that like i wouldn't want to be that person in that situation Oof. i mean like it it really did it really puts you through your paces if you connected with that character like Mm -hmm. that i mean it, it really made you and I think a lot, I mean, it's it's very much a, of a generation, too. A lot of us felt that way mm-hmm. at that period of of time, <laughs> like in the in the 90s, that that whole like Gen X, like nihilism, whatever. Oh, yeah. Who cares? Everything's dumb. <laughs> like that just I mean, that was that was like a moment. And I felt uh, like a member of that moment. And that really like challenged me to say is this isn't really cool, though, is it? Like, this does nothing. This doesn't help. I'm not helping. <laughs> I want to help. Well, and I, yeah, I, I think that's that's really, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be like modern parallels. For some reason, I, 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 I'm a fan of Rick and Morty, but I don't really, I, you know, a lot of people have a problem with it because they think the show, it's like, well, Rick's a terrible person and nobody gets that. But I kind of feel like that's the point of the show. It's like, mm-hmm. if you identify with this character, but then the show makes a big 
point of showing you that he's deeply flawed and that he's very damaging to the people around him and that like you know he's not it's that that subtle line where it's like you identify with the character but you can't like elevate their actions and their opinions like you have to use Mm -hmm. it as a way to interact with the audience and like undermine like that character's weakness i don't know and i think like maybe in the case of like rick and morty they don't do it enough with rick they don't push it far enough to kind of throw Mm -hmm. the light on him and be like yo he's wrong but Daria very unabashedly did that, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's the classic anti anti hero, yeah. and I mean that there's it it plays an important place, like an important role if you're willing to engage with it. But there's but it involves a lot more work, I think, on the part of the viewer. It challenges you in ways that sometimes you're not ready for an for an art. Because well, so, so much about high school is figuring out who you are. But if you're the kind of person who decides who you are, and this is who I am, and this is what I believe, like, that can be just as damaging as if you're somebody that has no identity and just, you know, does everything to make people happy or to be uh, agreeable and liked and popular, like the opposite side of that, the opposite reaction to that were people, I think, like, more like us who were like, no, I'm gonna be myself. And this is who I am. And I know it. And I'm right. And it like, you know, that's, that's just mm-hmm. as you know it's the other side of the same coin of being just everything to everybody to be popular and loved and i think it's just as important to kind of check yourself on that side mm-hmm. of it uh charlie says she learned in school that it's called either having a bubblegum brain or a brick brain <laughs> wow okay whoa they had they read some sort of book about the importance of having a bubblegum brain, which means that like it can change and stretch and grow and it's um, open to new things and ideas and to like learning. Whereas a brick brain is closed off to learning new things and to like new ideas and that kind of thing. And she says it's important. I know. I thought this was a really interesting point because she asked me do you have a bubblegum brain or a brick brain and i was like what (laughs) either as a doctor i must tell you the brain is is not made of bubblegum or brick (laughs) but but then she explained it to me and i was like i hope i have a bubblegum i think i have a bubblegum brain i try um i thought i I would share as we're nearing the end here i was looking up this show after i'd rewatched it before we discussed it and i saw that last summer mtv announced they'd be doing a spinoff series called jody yeah. All about Jody. Yeah. That Tracy Ellis right. Ross would be starring in executive producing. I haven't read anything about it since then. And uh, obviously things have been shut down recently because of the current state of the world. But there's that. I think I, mean, I think that's better. There was there was originally a, a spinoff originally planned of Daria back when it ended was going to be based around Mystic Spiral. Uh, James <laughs> Trent fan like moving to Brooklyn and living in a studio. I uh as fun as that would have been, I think I would much prefer a spinoff with Jody. Yeah. So I think that's... Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I, I shipped uh, Daria and Trent pretty hard you back did. in the day. I remember I did. <laughs> I did. I shipped them pretty hard. And I still, even with that, would, would much prefer a Jody yeah. Yeah. show. I think that'd be... Man, I hope they, fin- I hope they do that. I hope Me they follow too. through with that because I'd watch I the know. heck out of that. I, there was an interview with uh, one of the, the showrunners talking about and it's not canon but where she saw the characters now where they would be in there because they'd be like pushing 40 i think they uh yeah they'd be like around their late 30s early 40s they'd be early 40s because they graduated before i did the show started in 95 it ran for what 
five seasons. So yeah, so a few mm-hmm. few years older than you. And I'm yeah, um, yeah. I'm not forty yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like. She said that. I know she said that Daria would be like, like a co- a writer on like a a late night, like comedy show or like you know kind of like a. Tina Fey. Yeah, I think it was yeah. sort of like like living in like a you know uh, uh, with her cat in New York City, like single uh-huh. but with a cat. Uh, that you know Jane would be living in Soho with her. I think I think she said an ar- a archaeologist husband or something like that as an avant garde artist. Mm-hmm. Like you know Quinn would be married with like three kids, but like 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 a leader in her community. I don't know. It was mm-hmm. just kind of cool to just see her kind of project like where. She saw the characters leading these, you know, like more more complex, like thoughtful endings. I don't yeah. know. I just like that's yeah. I would like I to like think that. I would like to see that. Like if they, I don't know. Like I don't know if Jody's going to be set like in high school or college or like in current times. But I would love to see a check in on where everybody ended up. Or you yeah, know. for sure, that would be cool. Yeah, I like that idea. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Kay. Kay. That was fun, and and uh, it was it was neat to show Daria to Charlie and see how excited she got about it. Because I mean, even the first episode, which I don't think has a lot of jokes that are accessible for young children, <laughs> as soon as it ended, she went, "I want to watch another one." And I was like, yeah. "Really? Oh, excellent!" I so. will say, I mean, I don't. We didn't really talk about the art a lot, but the style of it is very iconic, and just it's mm-hmm. it's nice to mm-hmm. look at. The characters are so sharp and brightly colored, and like. I even remember this, like the the kind of designs, the fashion, the the way that they dress the characters. It's really, it's very '90s, but it's also very like pleasant to look at. Like, yeah. And the the lasagna they eat at dinner every night looks, looks so good. good. Yeah, a lot of the food in that looks good. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So what's up next week? Riley. So in honor of The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes just coming out this week that I'm already almost done with, which is the prequel to the Hunger Games series, I want to talk about the Hunger Games. Um, I've read all the books multiple times, but there are movies that are in most ways pretty close to the story. So we'll, we'll I'll talk about both. But we'll mostly talk about the movie and the book. So Awesome. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking forward. I have... I have read the books and watch the movies it's been a while i'll have to refresh i'll have to watch the movies yeah again. not one to watch with charlie no i don't <laughs> think like she's Daria. ready no. for no no not ready for that yeah. <laughs> keep 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 showing her daria or shira have her watch shira mm. I, I we watched the first season we'll yeah. have to watch some more i won't spoil anything but it just ended and it's just so good We've been going back through Pee Wee's Playhouse for oh. Cooper. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. She That's loves great. it. <laughs> I like how both I, of your kids have now been thoroughly exposed to, to, to that show. To Pee Wee. <laughs> very <laughs> niche thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I have the weirdest children, which is our fault. I, I accept it. I, I accept it. That was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a fault. That's just science. Uh, well, thank you both. This has been fun. I have enjoyed this. Um, I hope listeners, if you have not watched Daria, it was on Hulu. Is that where I found it? I think yes, yeah, that's where I watched it's it. Yeah. All on Hulu. Yeah, it's it's worth it if you've never watched it before. It's a great show. Um, it's really it's a really fun thing to watch, and apparently some five year olds may enjoy it. <laughs> uh, an occasional five year old. <laughs> no, it's actually not really for kids. It's a grown up cartoon, uh, yeah. but still. <laughs> It has some adult uh, themes. 
<laughs> yes, it has some adult themes for sure. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun for hosting our show. You should go to MaximumFun.org, and there are lots of podcasts that you can enjoy there. Uh, thank you, um, everybody who emails us. You can email us at stillbufferingatmaximumfun.org if you have other things, comments, or just thoughts or something you want to share that you think we should talk about. Uh, and you can tweet at us also at stillbuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. We used to say was, didn't we? But we are still, but we're still still buffering. I know. But you used to say was, well, we used to say was. Yeah, because we're not yeah. teenagers anymore, but we are still buffering. I just, I get confused sometimes. I do too. I just kind of wait to hear the first sound that you make, and then I just have it. I'll just like bad lip <laughs> That's just, that's the only word that matters. <laughs>《Max Funsters, it's Jesse Thorne. This week on my public radio interview show, Bullseye, I'm talking with Tina Fey and Robert Carlock about creating Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 30 Rock, and also just kind of why they're the best at everything. There was a window of time when we would just go to awards things and pick up our prizes and party with the people from Mad Men. You can find Bullseye at MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.